Systems are normal. Oh, good afternoon, out and abouters. Look at it. It's sunny outside, right? Spring's here. We're not going to have any more snow. I mean, that's a guarantee. That's your out and about guarantee. No more snow. It's just going to be smooth sailing from now on. Uh, thanks for everybody for tuning in to Date Out and About. And of course, as always, I am your host, DJ Captain Maeve, and you are listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3, where? On your FM dial. Um, today, we've got a really fun show. Uh, I have my, well, I've got my sister back with <laughs> me, which, in another incarnation, so many aren't incarnations of my sister, much like myself, my sister, Julie Griffith. And Michelle Grove, who they are both from Sticks. Uh, Sticks, uh, I'm going to say diabetes. What is it? Sticks. I had it written down here now. Sticks Diabetes Programs. Sticks Diabetes Programs, right. Because uh, they used to be Camp Sticks. That's how I That's how I knew you in the beginning when our, our, our local, our fire union was involved for quite a while with Sticks. But, but yeah, and I... Yeah, so welcome. Welcome, Julie. Welcome, Michelle. How are you guys doing today? Thanks, Maeve. Yes, excellent. Thank you. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, it is, it's, uh, you know, it's it's the season for fundraisers. And we're going to talk, we're going to get into what um, Sticks does. We're also going to talk about events you guys get going on and how people can get involved. Does that sound pretty good? Oh, more than pretty good. We're oh. excited. Oh, Thanks yeah. for having us. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can feel the excitement. Feel the excitement. Well, um, now, now, Julie, you are the executive director, and Michelle, you're the president of the board. All the power is right here with me in this room. <laughs> She's in charge. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm on a board. I know how that works. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, how did you? How did you two get started? Anybody want to kick it off? Just tell me how you. I, I'm going to kick it over to Michelle since she's been involved with Sticks for so long. Oh my goodness! Well, Sticks has been around for over 20 years at this point. We've been providing summer camps for kiddos with diabetes um, for a couple of decades. We've had a lot of different homes and gone through a lot of different evolutions. My involvement started about 11 years ago when, when my own kiddo was diagnosed at the age of seven. Wow. Is that, and did you get uh, just sort of involved in the activities and eventually you got on the board and then was elected president? Is that sort of how that, that went? Or <laughs> was there a bloody rise to power? Or did you just stab your way to the top? Pretty much they roped me in. They said, 
well, she hasn't even been to camp yet, but she's going to love it. So you should volunteer. <laughs> oh, very nice. When, when you were a kid, were you a big camp guard? Did you go to like camps at all? Oh, absolutely. Girl Scout camp. Girl yes. Scout camp. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the wilds of Idaho. So no, I was excited to, to hear there were ways for her to go to camp, um, even though that's a tricky thing for kids with medical conditions. Right, right. And and so seven years old your and your daughter was diagnosed. That's, is that... That's pretty young to catch it. I mean, to not to catch it, but to like to notice that that your child has diabetes, isn't it? You know, uh, type one diabetes, which is autoimmune, often gets diagnosed sort of middle elementary to to middle high school years, but uh, it can be anywhere from an infancy to my goodness, the the oldest person I know who was newly diagnosed was in their sixties, and I don't even think that's the record. So wow, with with a type one with di- type one. Wow, mm-hmm. that's something. Yeah. I you know. Uh, Mary Tyler Moore, she was one who had type 1 diabetes. And I don't, I think she got, she kind of caught that later on in life too, that she noticed it, right? She was diagnosed a little bit older, I think, yes. Yeah, yeah. So what are the programs that uh, STIX does? Well, STIX used to just be focused on summer camps. Yeah. But we found, we really came together as a community. And so we needed to have year-round programming. So now we offer outreach programs, which include things like we go snowshoeing, we go to Chiefs games, we have educational programming. So we have an educational program coming up on the 19th of March, and that was going to focus on how to communicate with primarily your children who have diabetes because it is such a complex matter. And so that will be a Zoom meeting at two o'clock. You can find more information on our website, sticksdiabetes.org, if you'd like to participate. So a whole variety of programs. So we have at least two programs a month. We have a newsletter. We also have a huge online presence in which people can pose questions or even sometimes just say, I'm frustrated. I just don't know what to do. I just need help, period. Right. And the community will just gather around that person. It's, it's a pretty incredible experience for me because I don't have a child with diabetes, have a partner with diabetes, but it's very different to have a child with diabetes. So to see the community wrap their support around someone is just an incredible experience. Yeah, yeah. And that's got to be, I would imagine, part of the big thing with, with children having it is just the stigma and the difference, and I suppose there's difference in diets and all that stuff, right? Oh, absolutely. It's really complicated, and it's a lot more than just the, the physical health. There's the mental health aspect as well, which is where our outreach and camp programs can be such a big support, not just for the kiddos, but for their families and caregivers as well, because it provides that community, and it provides a lot of respite as well for those those moms and dads and, and, and others who are taking care of these little guys. Yeah. Uh, well, let's say I'm a parent and, you know, I've got, I'm wondering, gee, how would I even know if my child has diabetes? What would be something that, that parents would look for? You know, it's interesting because now I, I look back and there's a really classic list of symptoms, things that um, are easy to explain away. Um, they might be kind of thirsty, skin might be dry, irritable, losing weight, um, which you'd think of oh, a child losing weight would be alarming. But, you know, when they're seven or eight and they're growing like crazy, yeah. you think, gosh, they're they're thinning out. Look how tall they're getting. They're eating so much food. And then you realize that these are actually symptoms of a, of a potentially life-threatening illness and um, uh, for us, we were lucky. Sophie didn't become 
critically ill at diagnosis. I'm just a panicker. And uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> I know, truly. That's good. You're president. And I finally, uh, I finally just said, I, "You've got to see her. I don't know what's wrong. I'll just take my copay." And uh, and it turns out she was on the brink of um, a pretty catastrophic situation. So, wow. uh, but even just you know increased thirst or things that just don't seem right. Um, that's one of the most classic symptoms that people miss. Uh, yeah. Um, did, uh, and, and then so the, uh, her blood sugar was really high then, huh? About when, 767. Wow. That's, that's, that's high. Mm-hmm. That's high. I think <laughs> that our glucometers in the fire department didn't even go that high. <laughs> no. I just think they just said, hi. Yes, they would have. Yes. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. So, so wow. she spent a couple of days in the hospital and, uh, and we did a lot of learning, and and then they sent us home. <laughs> but I love Michelle will tell the story about when she first found out about the summer camps, and and was introduced to sticks. And Michelle, do you want to tell your reaction to the summer camps? Absolutely. I thought I'm never letting this child out of my sight again. There's no way I'm sending her to a camp. Are you kidding me? Uh, and then we got to know some people and, and learned a little bit more about the camp programs and all of the incredible ways that, that the, the medical staff worked to keep kids safe and realized that what she really needed was normalcy. She needed to be with kids that were just like her and yeah. to just be a kid and go to camp and to go in the canoes and to climb on the ropes course and just have fun. And so I, I let go. I let her go. <laughs> that was hard, <laughs> but it was the best week of her life. Oh, that's so um, cool. And when is the camp usually? So we we have four different camps okay. over the course of summer. Over it's, the summer. Okay. It's a whole mix of dates. So Twigs are little kids. It's August 4th through 6th. So it's a weekend camp Friday through Sunday. And then and we say family. little, how little, how young? Six. Six, okay. Then we have the Sticks Camp, which is ages 9 through 16, and that's July 2nd through the 8th. So it is over the 4th of July weekend, but that's, you know, pretty much a week-long camp. That's the camp that Michelle's referring to with her kiddo. So it really gives the parents a huge break. We also have adventure camp because we were losing those kids after the age of 16. They kind of got, they could just got lost. We didn't have any programming for them. Sure. So adventure camp, they go river rafting and that's in Riggins, Idaho. That's where they start. And that's ages 16 through 20. And then we have sports camp and sports camp focuses this year on basketball and cross country running. And that is July 29th and 30th. And that serves kids eight through 18. Okay, wow. That's that's a full that's a full slate of programs. Well, not only programs. So if we have 200 kids at Sticks, we have 200 volunteers at Sticks. Wow, that's true, huh? Yeah, so it's a 1 to 1 ratio because we we absolutely have to have that to keep them safe. Yeah. Do you find a lot of the parents volunteer on this or You know, it's interesting that we do have a handful that volunteer. Um a lot of them, I, I try to talk them out of it. Uh, oh, I, I, I volunteer at a different camp, give in different ways. What I didn't understand my first year was that it would be such a respite and relief for me to to have a week of not being yeah. on twenty four seven call and to, right. to be able to sort of reclaim some of that that mental space too. And and she didn't want me there. 
we have a great relationship. <laughs> but she said, you know, at this point she was eight. This was before we had our day camp. And so she was at Sticks, and she said, you know, Mom, I just, this is, I need this to be my space. Oh, so, that's nice. And she does. She loves it. And so I've never actually volunteered at a week of camp. Um, I, oh. I just the other 51 days of the, or 51 weeks of the year. Oh, no. Nice. <laughs> Michelle was just telling the story about how she left town. I think it was the last time they actually flew somewhere. That's why that her sounds, daughter was at camp. Do, well, you know, so the kids make these, I'm sure, great friendships and relationships, right? Oh, yeah, out there. it's incredible. I, I mean, you have this this thing that you kind of have a bond with and you can talk, I'm sure, talking about, you know, whether they have a pump or whether how they treat it and all that stuff. I'm sure there's so many things to talk about. How about the parents? Do you find that the parents start having kind of relationships and community out of this as well? Absolutely. It, it is actually a pretty close-knit community. Um, we, we have some different Facebook groups and things. And I mean, at any given time, I could say I probably know a thousand different families. Wow. Um, and everyone is really, really there for each other. There's there's an awful lot of support and, and shared resources. And um, and it's, you know, it's it's a pretty neat group. And it is. It's, it's bonding through mutual experience. Yeah, that is so cool. Um, and and I, do, 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 have you found that... And because I know it's an autoimmune disease, but have you found that uh, for type one, especially that there are uh, like family histories? Do people say, oh, yeah, Uncle Bill had diabetes or something like that? Is there mm-hmm. is there a thread that runs through that? Absolutely. In fact, and so we serve all children with diabetes, regardless of what kind. Uh, but with type one, with the autoimmune, uh, there is they're finding more and more that there is a genetic predisposition and it often manifests in other ways than just diabetes. It might be rheumatoid arthritis or celiac or um, they're a kidney and a thyroid condition that are related as well. And a lot of times families will say, oh, I didn't have any history. And then and then you start digging and realize, oh, but you know, Aunt Aunt Julie was you know, was celiac, or or you know, cousin cousin Malin had you know RA, and and the next thing you know, you realize that there's a there's a lot of um, a lot of family connection, and we actually have quite a few families where they send siblings to camp because they've got more than one child with diabetes. Oh no, kidding! Um, wow, yeah. you know, it's funny how, how those things we're getting to find out how much different things are related like that. I just heard an ad the other day uh, for people who suffer from psoriasis or arthritis. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's I would have never made the connection between those two things. But yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty fascinating, pretty fascinating stuff. It, now, the type 2 diabetes, a lot of that is... is, is there's a lot of calls for um, diet changes and things like that. Is that something that... So when people go to camp, are, is it really a, is the menu very diet conscious, or how how what's the food like at the camps? Uh, the menu has to be really diet conscious, and it's for all the kids. And it's not as though we're restricting carbs or anything like that. But everything is counted, everything is monitored, everything is measured because it all is in balance with how much insulin they get. Yeah, and so we have to document all that just to keep the kiddos healthy. No matter what what type of diabetes they have, but they're also really active, so that greatly impacts you know how they're going to be treated too. So, for example, adventure camp, you don't know how much adrenaline you're going to get if you caught some rapids, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, and that's really going to impact them. So there is constant checks on their blood sugar, 
Um, and then documentation to just make sure that we're all on the same page as where this kiddo yeah. is. It sure sounds like um, if, if folks out there listening have a child who has diabetes that um, this is probably one of the safest places your kids could be. Even though they're a camp because we worry, oh, camp's far away. You know, it's far from a hospital, far from any kind of EMS response. Um, but you're going to have experts there at the camp, right? Oh, so- yes. And they all know that we're coming. They all know that we're going to be there. We have evacuation plans. We The authorities know we're there. <laughs> they have to. <laughs> as a just-in-case measure. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, and here's the funny thing, we have fantastic volunteers, and it's probably the safest place for a diabetic kiddo. I would in think In Spokane so. County yeah. during that week or that weekend. Yeah. And I was looking on your website. So is it just Spokane County pretty much, or do you head into Idaho a little bit and more of a, into central Washington? It's or? the Pacific Northwest. We I just had a call from a kiddo in Colorado that wants to come. Wow, no kidding. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And and to think that that started here and people are, um, yay, Spokane. You know, that's, that's cool. Um, yeah, in fact, one of your fundraisers, isn't it, in uh, kind of west, like up by Lake Chelan or something now? Oh, we do have one with the Lions Club. Yeah. Lake Chelan. So that's on the 18th of March. They're, they're having, it's kind of a funky parade kind of walk, uh, but all proceeds go to us and, and this it's pretty far away oh, right? oh right yeah it's a it's a fun run uh shamrock shuffle that was the name of well it. i think shuffle is probably the key word <laughs> yeah, i don't well, think you have run. to run it would be with me <laughs> even at my sprinting speed so we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about the event that that we're here to talk about too but um why don't we just kind of touch on it briefly give the specifics of it and then how people can get uh tickets we have our Share the Experience dinner and auction coming up this Saturday, March 11th, starting at 5.30. Uh, all proceeds go towards Sticks Diabetes programs, and the primary goal is to fund summer camp with the proceeds. So those tickets are $125 each. We have reserved some for your listeners because res- the registration is currently closed. Oh, cool. So if they would like to, they can email us at sticks at sticksdiabetes.org and we'll we'll hook them up with tickets. And sticks is S T I X. Yep. Not Y X, not I C K S, none of that. Nope. Okay, that and where's it going to be? It'll be at the convention center downtown. So you'll probably want to wear some green for afterwards if you're going to the bar. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Because it is St. Patty's weekend. Oh, it, oh boy. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That could be, you just need to have green on just to camouflage yourself through downtown Spokane at that point. But we, we have some fantastic things for the auction. I mean, we have this auction committee that's gone all out to get really top-notch items. Okay. Some of us have already started infighting over some of those items. So just so you know, Michelle, you're not going to outbid me. I don't know. I'm pretty sneaky. <laughs> I'm going to get you all busy with doing doing your work. And, uh, hey, so. she's well, only my boss. I, I, I have, we have to break for our 20 minute business, but you know, I, I'm going to lead. Hopefully, this is an appropriate band to play here for us. Let's 
see as I get loaded up on my 20-minute stuff. All right, everybody stay tuned. We're going to be talking about sticks some more. And for your listening pleasure, some sticks.
Monday, the Gonzaga Symphony Orchestra with pianist Archie Chen playing Mozart at the Merville Woldson Performing Arts Center, Jenny Don't and the Spurs with Gabriella Rose at Berserk, and open mic hosted by Lucas Brown at the Red Room Lounge. Tuesday, Gil Rivas at Mike's Bar and Grill, College Jazz Night at Emma Roo's Cocktail Bar, and Off With Their Heads and the Emergency Exit at Mootsie's. Wednesday, Christy Lee and Luke Yates at Iron Horse in the Valley, Riley Anderson at the South Perry Lantern, the EWU String Orchestra presents Music and Film at the Music Building Recital Hall, Jake Rozier at the District Bar, Titus Andronicus and Country Westerns at Lucky You Lounge, Open Mic at the Checkerboard Bar, and the Roommates Jam at the Red Room. Thursday, Villa Blues and Jazz at Emma Roos, and Colton Moore and the Clever Few at Lucky You Lounge. For an entire hour of Spokane area musicians, tune into For the Love of the Music every Sunday night at 8 on KYRS. Hi, this is Jeremy Whittington from Stage Left Theater. KYRS Thin Air Community Radio provides our region with information that might be omitted, overlooked, or even censored by mainstream media. Your radio station is powered by the communities they serve, and our radio programs are as rich and diverse as the Spokane community itself. Please make a pledge today by texting Give KYRS to 44321. Your support ensures that KYRS can continue to celebrate the rich diversity of our community. RPG Research is a 501c3 nonprofit using role playing games to make lives better. We are currently seeking volunteers 16 and older in the Spokane area to work in marketing, IT, social media, reception, and role play game mastering. Information at 833-774-4636 and online at rpgresearch.com. And welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Out and About, and I'm DJ Captain Maeve, and I've got Julie and Michelle here with me from Styx. We're talking about diabetes, kids' diabetes, and the programs they provide and how people can get involved. Um, welcome back. Welcome back. So now this this next, this we kind of started to talk a little bit about the, um, the function that's coming up. Why don't we hit that again? Um, the uh, fundraiser. It's coming up on the... 18th. No, that's the one. There's two. That There's one, two. So it's coming up on the 11th for the one that's local to Spokane. Right. That's our dinner auction. Stores open at 5.30. We have tons of great stuff. And that's all we'll allow in our auction is great stuff. Okay. Because Michelle won't allow anything different, <laughs> <laughs> which is advisable. Um, yeah, just we're going to have a really good time. We're going to have a photo booth so people can be silly and have fun. We're going to have a ton of volunteers helping us with that event just to make sure it's top-notch, it's including some of our kids, if you like kids. Um, they Everyone just loves to volunteer for us, which is fantastic. So we actually turned down quite a few. We apologize um, because we had so many come out oh, and want to support heartbreakers. <laughs> well, and, and one of my favorite parts of the program, something we've always traditionally done with our gala, um, we always have a family that speaks and talks about their experience with sticks and how transformative it was. And, and this year we actually have an entire family. The, the mom is a diabetic. The two children are. Wow. Dad is on the board and has volunteered as medical staff at camp. And so for them, it, it's really a family affair. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to you know, 
crying and, and listening to this amazing family <laughs> because they, um, they, they're just immersed and yeah. so grateful for the experiences. And, and, and now I think originally what you say was 21 years that that sticks has been around. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've been involved for 11 years. Yes. So how, what have you seen, Michelle, have you seen like any big changes in the, in the treatment of diabetes for kids since you've started? Absolutely. You know, it, it's really, <clears throat> excuse me, it's really been incredible, even since Sophie was diagnosed when she was little, um, how far the technology has come, how much more we understand about nutrition. Um, the insulins haven't changed a whole lot, uh, but the technology really has. I mean, when she was first diagnosed, uh, there was no continuous glucose monitoring that was really very accurate. It wasn't something that was recommended. Um, she even waited a year to get an insulin pump because because wow. she just wasn't that excited about the options. And this is a, you know, this isn't at this point an eight-year-old who's getting 11 injections a day and she's like, eh, that's still fine. But, uh, but since then, the technology is amazing. She, I mean, a lot of kids, including her, they wear, a, she has a closed-looped artificial pancreas type pump. It talks to a continuous glucose monitor, makes a lot of the decisions. Um, I mean, she still has to put in some of the work behind the scenes, but it's a lot um a lot tighter control, a lot better outcomes for health and also for mental health because of that reduced burden. Right, right. That's uh, that's pretty cool to be able to keep up on that. And I understand that there's been some legislation to keep the price of insulin down lately too, right? Yes, which is really exciting. It's because we, we know young adults who can't afford insulin and have to ration and it, it's it's dangerous and sometimes catastrophic. Uh, so one of the things we do at Sticks is we try to connect young adults, especially with resources and help them understand insurance and, and things like that so that they can they can get what they need. Um, in Washington State, we're lucky that uh, there was some early legislation to help cap insulin prices, but there's there's national attention on it now too, which has been, that's going to be life-changing for yeah. family, certain families and, and for, for these individuals that's, living with diabetes of all kinds. That's really cool. Now you just kind of touched on nutrition there a little bit has there so type type two that seems like that's the one that we always talk about as far as nutrition right i mean that's Mm -hmm. the one that people say oh you know if you would just um you know you go on a low carb diet all that business is that has there been number first part of the question is how does type one diabetes does that is nutrition just as important for type one and the second part of the question is have you seen have there been changes around um the idea of nutrition and what that nutrition should look like. You know, one of the things with, with type one, um, good nutrition is good for everyone, right? That that's the kind of the, one of the main things that we, we like to focus on. Um, but a small advantage sometimes with type one is as long as they can eat well balanced and learn to dose for things, there's no need to not eat carbs. And in fact, healthy carbs are an important part of a well balanced diet. Um, Type two can be trickier because a lot of times there's only so much mitigation that the medications and things can do. And so so carbohydrates can be a lot trickier sort of thing to Mm -hmm. balance. And over the years, you know, like Julie said, there are a lot of different approaches to to managing and things, but but really uh, our pediatric endocrinologists have, have supported the idea that to, to teach a child to eat well and healthily um, and to, to all things in moderation and yeah. but to, to use their technology and their insulin appropriately they can maintain healthy blood glucose um, with, with that sort of what would you would call a normal diet so. right all right I, I mean like it's funny because it seems like 
everything kind of comes under the microscope eventually. And and there are even I've seen things where they're even talking about like high high protein diet isn't very good for you for diabetes either. So you know those folks who think that that's the way to go, they may mm-hmm. I guess in all things please consult your physician. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so now, so you have all these outreach programs and are there any kind of programs that you have your, uh, or, or facilities or anything like that, that you've got your eyes set on as far as, um, besides putting on these pr- programs for ki- that kids, new ones that you're looking at or anything like that? Well, we're always looking for programming for our families because when we get together as the families and the kids, it has to be something dynamic enough that the entire family can do it. So, for example, snowshoeing or hiking, and hopefully we'll have a grant uh, that allows us to go hiking in the state parks and, you know, fund support around that hike for those families. So we're always looking for those opportunities. The bigger opportunity for us will be eventually having our own camp, having our own facility because it is a very large financial drain for us to be able to house the 400 children, 400 people in its entirety, but we have to rent a camp. And I imagine you have to like work your schedule in amongst everybody else's schedules too, That's why we do it over the 4th of July weekend, which is really (laughs) inconvenient. So we would love to have our own camp. And so we're we're working on a business plan to be able to do that. Okay. And again, where is is the camp? Uh, Lots of different sites, but is there some primarily that you you use? So our littles go to Camp Dartlow, so just north of Spokane. And then the ages 9 through 16 go to Camp Reed. So that is a YMCA camp. And then Adventure Camp, we actually hire a rafting company to help us with okay. that. So okay. there's no facility for them. It's, yeah. really, it's really affordable. <laughs> is, is the rafting thing an overnighter or is it? Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah. That yeah. Adventure Camp is one of our, our newest programs. And, and it's, it's the age group that my daughter is in now. And that, that's a big age of transition for yeah. these young adults learning to be independent, transitioning to adulthood with their diabetes, uh, having to figure out how to get out of the house and do this in the wild, literally, yeah. uh, has been hugely impactful. And so Adventure Camp, uh, she gets to be a camper again, and she Neat. loves it. But it is, um, it's definitely, they're off the grid for from Thursday through Sunday. Wow, that's a long time. And we also have sports camp, which is will be at SFCC this year. Okay. Oh, okay. That's a great place with the track there and all that. A lot of variety yeah. across the board. Um, I, I I would imagine too with your daughter, there's she's probably having had it at such a young or diagnosed at such a young age, probably has a, has become really a mentor to other children or now young adults who have it. Is that something you see a lot of as far as kids helping other kids? Absolutely. And in fact, that's sort of one of the the hallmarks of our programs. Um, the, the T in stick stands for tradition. And we have so many kids who come back year after year and they graduate from being little campers to being counseling staff where they can mentor younger children. And then some of them, like my daughter's in nursing school and in a couple of years, she'll want to be on the medical staff. And uh, so it's it's really a lot of, I mean, just generations of, of kids growing up and supporting each other. She has 
has a couple of older um, older kids. Well, they're not kids now. They're probably 30 who were wow. her mentors when she was little and, and first in a cabin. Um, and now she has some some youngsters that, that she mentors as well. That is so exciting that she's in nursing school. That's going to be so cool. Um, you know, and that's the thing. My, my wife, who you know, my wife, Sarah, she teaches at uh, WSU now. But she really is an advocate for for people to know that nurses have medical problems and disabilities too, right? That, that you know, that doesn't preclude you from having, uh, being a part of society. It doesn't marginalize you, all that. Now, you had mentioned earlier the eye and stick. So I... I just thought that it was, which of course it is, it's a double entendre, right? I mean, you're getting stuck. So does each letter have a meaning? It does. It does. So sticks stands for support. Support. Tradition. Tradition. Information. Information. And excitement. <laughs> I'm glad you took that one. <laughs> well, I guess if I guess if you called yourself Sty, then people would think it would be about eye health. Exactly. And not uh, diabetes. So that... You know, I think you had to do that. I just think there was no well, way it, around it. And in some ways, it's it's rather antiquated because you're not kids aren't sticking themselves anymore necessarily. This is the the time in which they used to have to test their blood directly. Well, how does so these continuous glucose monitoring devices, um, which happen to be kind of all the rage in the athletic community too, um, how, how does that work? Where where does it access? Does it is, is, does it go into your skin? Is there how does that work? It it does actually. It's um the the sensor that gets inserted through your skin. It has a, a small filament, sort of a small wire that's coated with a polymer, and it reads the glucose in the interstitial fluid. So the fluid between the cells. So it's got a little bit of a lag from blood sugar, but um, incredibly accurate and and gives real time data and trend data, which has been um, really revolutionary. I said Sophie used to be you know checking. 10, 12, 14 times a day. And now it's maybe a couple times a week just to make sure everything's functioning. So oh, it, it, it comes with an app, an yes. app for parents to Is monitor. there a game you can play like, <laughs> with your blood sugar too? <laughs> there, there's actually a third party app that makes, you know, funny and snarky faces and things depending on what's happening and mocks you. So the teenagers oh. love that one. <laughs> but the parents love oh, the that's... one that allows you to follow. It's hard to, to not be a helicopter, but it lets you give the kiddos wings a little bit more and let them be more independent yeah, that's and safe. Cool. So, yeah, so when, I, yeah. when I get programs about sticks, I actually talk about the helicopter parents because, yeah. out of necessity because they have to be. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, have you heard about... Um, that Apple has taken out all these patents that looks like they're really close to having like a non-invasive um, blood monitoring, whether that would be part of the Apple watch or not. I don't know, but that's kind of interesting oh, stuff. It's definitely exciting. It's, um, you know, maybe there's no great time to be a diabetic, but yeah. um, it, it's, it's a lot better time than it used to be for sure. The technology is really coming along quickly. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's exciting. I'm a, I'm a slave to it. You know, I got to get my ten thousand steps in, and and if I had glucose monitoring, oh man, I would be dangerous. I was going to say I can take a look and let you know my, where she's at right now. <laughs> my, my son who works in the ER says that there's people who come in all the time with their watch told them that they were, you know, that they were having these heart problems. Oh my gosh! And they, well, you may want to get your watch checked. <laughs> 
It'd be cheaper. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, well, we're going to do our 40 minute business. Um, I'm not going to transition with another song because I just, that I got that out of the way. Another stick song, unless you guys want another stick song. Oh, for sure. Okay. All right. Then I'll, let's see. Do you want uh, too much time on my hands or come sail away? Oh, too much time. Okay. All right. So this is Sticks uh, playing for Camp Sticks, and we'll be right back with you. KYRS is grateful for the many listeners who have donated their vehicles to us. You can join them by donating your unwanted car, truck, minivan, motorcycle, and more. Vehicles are picked up free of charge, sold, and the proceeds help KYRS bring you the programs you know and love. It's easy to donate your vehicle, and it's tax-deductible. Just call our toll-free line to arrange a free pickup. 855 855- KYRS car. That's 855 597 7227. Thank you. Out and about receive support from Boots Bakery and Lounge, offering vegan and gluten free baked goods, bistro fare, cocktails, and coffee. Boots is relocating to the Saranac Commons located at 19 West Main. Until then, Keep in touch via social media or at bootsbakery.com. This is DJ Captain Maeve, and I'm back here listening to Out and About, and we're talking to Julie and Michelle from Sticks and providing uh, providing events, providing care, providing education, all those things 
for the parents and for the children who have diabetes in our community. And and we were talking a little bit earlier, you were saying that this is, uh, that it's not just Spokane. This has kind of branched out into all sorts of other places. It started here. but And we primarily, primarily serve children in Spokane County. But, you know, if you're in a rural community like Lincoln County, yeah. Whitman County, that we're your option for a diabetic camp. Yeah, yeah, and and it's when, when it first started, it was just the one camp per year, and, mm-hmm. and now camp called Camp Sticks. Camp that's Sticks, it. and that's like that's when I said that's when I first. I didn't say I wouldn't say I got involved. I voted to give money from, the, from for our benevolent fund. Well, we appreciate Yay. that. Twenty three years ago, that was fantastic. Yeah. Well, you know what? That was worth a lot more back then. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll have the union back anytime. <laughs> okay. Thank, thank you. you for your. I'll support. take it. I'll take it back to my uh, my own little local of me. Um, so, let's get back to the event. The event that's coming up this week, right? So. Um, or Saturday, March 11th. Saturday, yeah. March 11th. And what's it called? Share the Experience Dinner and Auction. Okay. Where's it at? It is at the Convention Center in the Centennial Ballroom. Okay. Oh, a lovely, a lovely venue. We have 10 spots designated for your listeners. 10 spots. Yes. Now, they don't have to, my listeners don't have to know each other, right? No. Not at all. That's a great. I can great, make new friends. Make new friends. I, th- I think I've got pretty friendly listeners. I know you do. I think so I haven't gotten any comments. hate mail in a while, and the stuff that I have gotten, it's it's very articulate and That's spelled nicely, <laughs> and uh, yeah, follows all norms. Um, yeah, so that'd be great. And so how would people get uh, information? And, uh, so they want to go to our website, sticks at sticksdiabetes.org, and you will see on the calendar, we'll link you right to the page that you need to find out more information about the auction and an email address to email us for tickets. And while they're there, they can check out ways to also be involved via um via the showing up and doing the work, right? So there's a couple different ways to be involved. You can donate money directly. So there is a donation button there. There's also a newsletter button at the very bottom of the first page. If you'd like to just be a part of our community, learn what's happening, that's fantastic. And then you can also volunteer for us. And there's more information about volunteering on the website as well. Okay. So maybe you're a a grandparent, a parent... Um, you're part of the medical community we'd of, love to have you right or, or, or just the, anybody who might mm-hmm. suspect that their their child or their grandchild has diabetes that'd be a great besides going to a doctor to get connected with to learn more about it and to know the ins I'm sh- Michelle I'm sure there's a lot of ins and outs to this thing right I mean you know I always say you know first call your endocrinologist however yeah <laughs> then call the moms there, there there's a lot of a lot of just you know really practical knowledge and support that um, that the community can provide um, yeah and the camps are also listed on the website which would be a great first start for anyone who wants to get involved with their kiddos send your kid to camp yeah we do have scholarships that are available kind of depends on your income and your household size if you have more than one kiddo in your household with type 1 diabetes you definitely would qualify for a scholarship. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, 
you you probably it's been quite a few years, but what kind of when you're a parent and you're you know you're, you're you take your child like you said, there's the thirst issue, there's the polyuria of the frequent urination, all that stuff, and you know there's something up with your kid, and you hear it's it's they say well your child has diabetes what what is that like for a parent to hear that. You know, I had no idea what was happening. And so I, diabetes was not on my radar. I just knew something was up. She wasn't herself. And um, my first question was, are, are you sure? She, she did have a cookie and some Capri Sun. Maybe it's just that. <laughs> I, I was just sure that this was not a definitive diagnosis. Yeah. Um, but, but it can be kind of devastating at first. There, there's a lot of, and, and especially if a child is very ill um, at diagnosis, there's a lot of guilt. Um, there's just so much to learn, so yeah. much to learn, so much math, um, yeah. a lot of information. It, it's sort of a fire hose of information. Um, and then, you know, two days later, they send you home and and you're, you're, you feel like you're kind of on your own. There's a great support system, but it's it's pretty um it's pretty heavy and then and then you have to figure out how to get them back to school or to a summer camp um, or, or daycare or daycare oh exactly oh, yeah. or on a play date um or back to sports it just it's a lot of um a lot of unknowns yeah. what, what i've seen from newly diagnosed parents i'll say because they too <laughs> sure. experience that diagnosis yeah they're so fatigued so fatigued in those first few weeks. They, yeah. they just can't even think clearly, but they're having to be a caretaker for 24-7. And then to have that diagnosis, oh my gosh. It's, I'm just so thankful to be working for Sticks to be able to help these parents through that transition. Yeah, well, it's a big, it's a huge life-changing thing. And and I would imagine, I, I would totally be one of those parents while I've been in that spot where, hey, walk it off, you know, do you really want to go to the doc as to an adult child? Do you really want to go to the doctor? You know, this is going to get healed up. You know, are you then, referring to our mother? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> I just have to throw that out there. No, no, no. Walk it off. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, It'll be walk fine. it off. Mom. It'll be fine. <laughs> my arm is just uh, hanging by a thread. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm talking about myself. I mean, oh, you how, are like her mother. Well, you know, like, yeah, like how, you know, I sort of like is, you know, you either kind of, it's hard to walk that line of being a parent where, you know, you're you're continually worried and wringing your hands, and they to the extreme of like ah you know put a piece of duct tape on it you'll get better, you know and and I would imagine that that that's got to be a tough one because like oh why didn't I see this earlier and all that. Mm-hmm. Well, even after they've been diagnosed, they the parents continue to have this issue, but it's it's the the reverse, right? The parents overly concerned and Michelle you can address this because this is what I see oh absolutely I, I remember people started to say it, it, it'll be okay this is your new normal and everything this is not normal there's nothing normal <laughs> about this and and no there I mean that a week later after Sophie's diagnosis her best friend had a sleepover for her birthday and thank goodness the parents invited me to stay in the guest room because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really want to tell her no you've just had a really hard week and now you can't go to a party but I am not leaving <laughs> Was it? Did you just kind of have to linger around for a while? A little bit. <laughs> Thankfully, they were very good friends of ours, so they were they were really well, that's awesome. Good. But, and, and she was, you know, she was seven, so it wasn't as weird as it would have been, you know, like ten years later. But yeah. uh, so, so I can just see Sophie rolling her eyes right now. Well, did Sophie have a hard time, like as far as like change of diet and then 
having in the schools? Was that was that a tough, like, kind of an embarrassing thing? Was that, a, a, you know, as a young girl to have to deal with that? You know, it, the, the variety of ways that kids cope with it, it's the full spectrum of human emotion. Um, she was really fortunate that she had an incredible school nurse. Um, oh, really? Who, yes, you might might know this nurse. <laughs> so, and um, Right, who helped her to to be independent, to be brave, um, to take ownership, which was a big thing that these kiddos feel like there's so much out of their control suddenly yeah. to be able to have control over something and to build those resiliency skills and those medical skills to be able to, to take care of themselves was, was a really big deal. I, we're really lucky. She's been a, a kiddo who's never been embarrassed, yeah, and, okay. but it was partly because she was surrounded by so many people who lifted her up during those early years, especially. Um, and she found sticks and found that community and her diabetes and she was, yeah, and, and she, she has a diabetes, not just diabetes, but like, I mean, it is, she has these people who are, you know, so much an important part of her. And so that has grown her into someone who, who shares about it and rather than that, but it's, it's tough for some kids, especially who don't, especially teens and tweens when they get diagnosed, that's where we see a lot of kids who are just afraid to let anyone know that they're different. Yeah. And do you find like when they're younger like that and they get diagnosed that they, it kind of like makes them a little more mature about things. They uh, they have to grow up pretty fast, yeah. um, and then in other situations, they get to spread their wings more slowly. So it's it's an it's an interesting dichotomy for sure. So. That's that's yeah. good. When we had one of our outreach programs, we rented a space at the hockey game, and it was during Christmas break. And it was amazing because everybody was coming home for the first time from school, including Sophie. And her diabetes best friends and camp best friends. And they all just gathered. It was just really incredible to see. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine that's a big, you know, people who are involved in in things like life and death, stuff like that. That's a pretty bonding experience. Well, you want to do one more plug for this? And then we're going to have to, we're going to, Jim Hightower's coming up. And then after Jim Hightower, we're going to have Amy Goodman with Democracy Now. Then after Amy Goodman, my good friend, DJ Xanadu, she's going to be doing Homegrown Radio at 6 o'clock. So there's lots of stuff going on. But you want to leave us with, uh, with one more plug on this event? We would love to have you this Saturday, March 11th, starting at 5.30 for a, our Share the Experience dinner and auction. If you have an interest, go to our website, which is sticksdiabetes.org. You'll find the information there about how to get a hold of us. Because remember, we set aside some tickets for you all. Thank you, Julie. Thank Thanks, you, Michelle. Thank you I so really much, appreciate you, uh, I really appreciate you all being here. It was fun as always. All right. And we'll talk again sometime soon, I, I am sure. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Talk with you later. Head now to Eden Yeah, brother Head now to Eden No more trouble in my body 
of my mind Gonna live like a king on whatever I find Eat all the fruit and throw away the rind Yeah, brother, yeah An embarrassingly incompetent That's why it's significant that Missouri's GOP lawmakers have not only recognized their image problem, but have actually made an effort to demonstrate that they are serious-minded public officials concerned about their professionalism. Namely, the State House of Representatives has adopted a dress code. Seriously. Specifically, the attire mandate addresses the pressing state issue of female lawmakers who come to work dressed normally but without jackets. Disapproving legislative leaders clucked that this fashion faux pas was undermining the public's respect for them. But now, says GOP Representative Ann Kelly, sponsor of the new code, quote, it has been fixed. Henceforth, all women legislators in the show-me state must wear blazers or cardigans in order to, as Kelly explained, always maintain a formal and professional atmosphere in the House. Professional? (laughs) Excuse me, but... These far-right state legislatures totter between being goofy policy forums and carnival sideshows. The only proper attire for many of these so-called legislative leaders would be straitjackets. One lawmaker even claimed that the code was about protecting freedom. The clothing mandate, she explained, eliminates the possibility that the state will be the clothing police. This is Jim Hightower saying, I'm thinking of moving to Missouri. It must be wonderful to live in a state where the government has already fixed all the big problems people really care about, letting the legislative body focus on properly clothing its women members. The Hightower Radio Lowdown is made possible by you subscribers to Jim Hightower's Lowdown on Substack. Find us at jimhightower.substack.com. KYRS, the Air Community Radio, recognizes KSPS-PBS as our KYRS Tower Guardian for the month of March. KSPS-PBS provides programs and events that entertain, engage, and educate to enrich all of the communities they serve. Thank you, KSPS-PBS. KYRS Medical Lake, Spokane, Thin Air Community Radio, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. The following program was pre-recorded. This is Democracy Now! Easing the cost of living crisis grows most difficult by the day, with the war in Ukraine accelerating the rising prices of energy and food. Add the impacts of conflicts, droughts, hunger and extreme poverty, and the result is a perfect storm for perpetuating poverty and injustice. As the UN Secretary General blasts wealthy nations for rigging the global economy for their benefit, we'll speak to the Nobel Prize winning economist Joe Stiglitz about how war, the pandemic and the climate emergency are causing economic crises across the globe. And as we move in on the 20th anniversary of the U.S. invasion of Iraq, we'll speak with MSNBC host Mehdi Hassan about his new book, Win Every Argument, and his views on Fox News. 
hit very hard when 20 to 30 percent of the American public has been cocooned off in a bubble where they are fed misinformation, disinformation by the likes of Ingram and Hannity and Rupert Murdoch, who goes under yeah. oath in a deposition and says, yeah, my host endorsed the big lie. Yeah, you know, I don't believe in it. But by the way, according to the reporting, Murdoch hands over secret Democratic Party ads and uh, haven't aired yet to Jared Kushner. He gives debate strategy to Kushner. In any other news organization, heads would roll. But Fox is not a news organization. This as the Republican House Speaker, Kevin McCarthy, hands over 40,000 hours of January 6th video to Fox. All that and more coming up. Welcome to Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, The War and Peace Report. I'm Amy Goodman. The Biden administration is considering a plan to start detaining asylum-seeking families who were apprehended in the U.S.-Mexico border area after U.S. officials had largely...